Oh, say about myself? Well, basically, it, it would be uh, a creative, a creative person who intersects creativity with business. But um, that is basically the background, just a, a creative person who's very passionate about educating and empowering people and African dysphoria in creativity with business. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewan And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. So tell me a little bit about your childhood. Let's start from there because all of us uh, were children one time, though we are not children anymore. But we'd like to talk more about that. That is where we start from. Tell me about you. Yes. Uh, as far as like growing up, um, definitely have uh, into my heritage and everything like that. You know, so doing that right there, and my parents is kind of installing to me about family values, which is very, very important right there, and discipline, and definitely being disciplined and understanding the history where we come from and the different ties that we have from then into today and understand the struggles that we've been through right there to be able to progress in our life at that particular time and as we get older and everything like that. So that's basically what it is. Mm, that's interesting. Of course, we're going to be looking at our business just now, but before we, we get there, I'm still trying to understand like how you, what would interest you uh, into, okay, I know that you are a creative person, you know, you are going to be also explaining that part to us. Uh, help me understand what sort of, um, um, what, what, what interests you into what you, what you are doing today? I mean, from your childhood, is there something particular that sort of led you into what you are doing today? Well, the funny thing about it is I was always into sports. So I was an athlete, uh, basketball, track and field, running, everything like that. And, and the thing that, was, that I remember a lot from my childhood is that my uncle was an artist. So he always had a, this particular painting in the house. So it was always kind of caught my attention. And then as I became an artist, my mother told me that her mother used to have um, her brother, her two, her, her two brothers to, to draw, to kind of occupy their time. So basically my whole little intermediate family was actually artists, but I didn't know it was that deep right there. So the way it started, but that inkling of seeing my uncle paintings throughout our household, I was like, you know what, that's, that's interesting. I always captured my attention right there. So when I kind of got into the arts and started having conversations with my mom, she was just telling me like, oh, you didn't know that you know, your uncle really did like a lot of artwork, you know, more than what you've seen in the house. And, and we grew up as, as a discipline of painting and drawing and everything like that. So that was interesting. So she kind of gave me the whole backstory and this kind of gave me the inspiration that inspired me. Like, you know what, I'm gonna go, go forth and go from that right there though. Mm, that's lovely. So the, the thing is in the family now. So mm -hmm. the spirit is in the family, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's yes. good. All right. So what do you concentrate on within your area of art, your artistic work? Tell us uh, something about that. Uh, as, as far as uh, concentration, the main thing I will say would be creatively would be painting and drawing. And then my other interests ran off to poetry because I was a singer at first. And then to improve upon my singing, I started doing poetry. And then the poetry kind of led to different other things right there. And then I started getting to the modeling because I had a lot of locks. <laughs> so I'm bald head right now, but I had locks. But um, it was it was actually the drawing, uh, the drawing, the singing first. Then from the singing went to the poetry, and then theater, and then from theater went to painting because I had exhausted so many different artistic avenues that I had to come up with something else. And that last piece of that puzzle, since I was an art dealer, 
was actually painting. And then my artistic mentor said, you know what? You should try painting. And when he said try painting, I said, you know what? I'm an art dealer. I, I sell people's art and, and augment it with, with, you know, with some poetry to go on with the customized, with the artwork. And then he said, you know what? I think you can do it. But he understood my drive and my passion. I just took that drive and passion and I transferred it to painting. And I started with a box of crayons. And from then it, it just exploded. After three months, I started selling just my own artwork. After six months, I did the New York Times building in New York City, a very prestigious building, and everything just kind of blew up from there. So it was good. It was a good little um, journey. So exciting. Mm, that's lovely. Wait, which one do you enjoy the most? Is it uh, creating art or dealing on in artwork? Is it the business part of it or is it the creative part of it? Of course, we are going to be moving in and out of this conversation today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, as far as like, what comes first or are you saying what's the intersection like exactly no, no i mean which one are you more in if you were to say okay i'm more in this but i also do the other part oh okay okay i would say right now it would be business and the reason why i would say business because i found that looking at the marketplace that it was such there's so many different creatives that that have so much creative talent but the, the lack of business acumen has has prevented and has played a lot of talented artists to not be able to progressive in their career. So the thing about it is that I was looking for different avenues where was like, how can we make that distinction that we can help out the creative. So my passion becoming, let me, let me try to create a platform for creatives to have a source of getting an avenue of business to improve upon their creativity. And if therefore they can be more free to do what they got to do right there and be more successful in their field. Mm, that's great. Thanks. All right. Now, mm, let's look at, again, uh, your artistic work. Uh, is it like um, sometimes politically motivated, socially motivated, culturally motivated? Can you drag me one, one rabbit hole there so we can explore it even more? Help me understand what is um, uh, your, your direction in it. Okay. I can, I, I can say definitely cultural because uh, I had one interview and they gave a review of my exhibition that I had. And he was, and they were saying he paints, depicts characters from the past that have forgotten voices. So I'm gonna give you an example. There was, I did an exhibition and there was this guy named Michael Stewart and Michael Stewart was, was back in the 1980s and he was a graffiti artist. And at that particular time, you could not paint. Well, they didn't want you to paint on the trains anyway, but he got caught painting on, on a wall in New York City and basically it led to his demise. So at the point in time, an uh, artist woman very influenced by, by the name of John, John Michel Basquiat, he actually was, was taken aback by that situation because they kind of look similar. And the fact that he had little locks, everything like that, and Basquiat had his locks. So he said, that could have been me. So what he did, he started painting this picture about, my, about Michael Stewart. So what I did in my show, when I, when I paid homage to Basquiat, I did that, I did a painting homage to Michael Stewart. And at the same time, I actually delivered a poem where I became him. And this it spoke the story as if I was in that situation and what happened. So that's one situation. Also in my first solo show, uh, back in 1968, they had I Am A Man um, speech. And what happened, that's when the demise of Dr. Martin Luther King during that time period right there. And I became a character from one of the speech, one of the, um, the, the picketers that I was talking about, I am a man and kind of going from there. So I like to take back, I like to use my artwork as a, as a social tool of communication that is still going on with police brutality and, and the different things that's going on in our society. So that's how I look at my artistic uh, presentation. That's, 
That's great. Whichever way you look at it, is as an artist, is your your voice is going to be, be going to be very important and always need to be celebrated because of course, you we can celebrate it from the point of view of politics because now you are trying to look for a way that we can have better politics in the system or exploring culture. This way, at least we can evaluate more of our cultural. Uh, uh, relevance in the world uh, in this case looking at maybe for example even the voices that have been forgotten try to revisit them and make sure that they are elevated or even caught even looking at nature for example you know i think artists like um, what is the name of this english writer uh, i forgot his name james allen uh, said yeah. that uh, artists actually are the creator of the other world in that they are the one who build the world that you don't see, but they yes. give you the sense of the world that you live in today. Yes, so it, it does says being an artist is something really vital for the society. So tell me about New York today. So how is the city of New York today? Yes, uh, New York is, is you know, it's, it's a progressive place that is, is nonstop action. Very cultural, you know, we got different, different cultures, but as far as like artistic wise, very creative community. A lot of inspiration. So you have all types of people from all over the world right here in New York City because they say if you make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. So they look at it as a land of opportunity and New York City is definitely a place of opportunity, especially culturalized and artistic wise. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a big apple. <laughs> yes, big, definitely, definitely. I'm just trying to take a big a big bite out of it. That's what I'm, yeah. I love. I love that. All right. Now, I'm looking back at, at, at you again as an artist. Now, later, we're going to talk about your business yes. part of it. Yes. Uh, yes. Can you tell me more about how do you see the role of an artist in the society? In this case, we are looking at the American society, yes. looking at the global society as it were. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, artists, well, you know, we, we look at the world so differently. You know, just, if you could just imagine a person that looks at you that has to do a portrait of you. Just looking at you, you have to look at the intricacies of your skin and, and, and different things they're trying to bring out to life and everything like that. And that's how we look at the world. So we have a certain type of sensitivity to be able to look at the world to regurgitate what's going on. So we have situations of say police brutality or, or anything of that nature right there. We kind of regurgitate almost like a visual news. You know, we can talk about the COVID, we'll draw things about the COVID or different things or, or just see, it just, it just make us do different things based off what's going on. So we like a time capsule of what's going on in our environment during our time period. So if you go, if you were to go back in time, say what happened in 1980, you see the type of artwork that reflects the 1980s or what went on the 1960s or the 90s or whatever. So that's what we do. We like a reflection, we like a visual reflection. It can be through art, it can be through singing, it can be through, through theater. So that's what makes life so very, very interesting because it's like the life of artists and the way that they, they look at the world and perceive the world. You are, you are making people to be jealous now, those who are not artists, no? <laughs> well, you know what? The thing about we're, we're all artists, because if you think about it, as little kids, we was artistic, right? You know, we do things in, in class, maybe first grade, second grade. And what happened is that we kind of, sometimes we kind of grow out of it, or we might have a lifestyle that don't let us, don't allow us to do our art, art, art stuff because it doesn't bring in the income to provide for the family that we may be providing for. But I think we all have like a little artistry inside of us. And I find that sometimes with clients, they may have like a doctor's degree, but they say, you know what? I used to be an artist when I was like 10 years old. Years old. <laughs> I was like it, but that wasn't the right type of industry to get into because my parents said, you must go to school, get a college education, get a doctor's degree because that's what the family does. So when I come across those type of people, they they still very happy because they get to relive a part of the, their, their artistic journey when they're a little kid as an adult. Mm, I'm thinking some moment to reflect on that. 
yeah, absolutely. If you think about it, you, you definitely. So, so when I when I talk to different people, I say, you know what? I can look at the artistic side within them, you know, and they get to say, wow, I'm, I'm, you can see that deep inside me. I say, yeah, because I can tell by passion and art. And art is definitely passion. You know, what you're doing is passion because you have a passion for informing the people and bringing a platform from to see different people from different wide perspectives. So you're an artist in a different type of texture. Absolutely. Thank you for that. All right. Now, I'm trying to understand why is it that so people, because you, like you said, no, uh, as children, when I have a, a child that is uh, four years old, when I look at him, at least anything that I give to him, he tried to break it and recouple it and try to stop. He creates something new from what he already sees. No? Even though it might be beautiful, he just wants to uh, break it and reassemble it together. He say, Daddy, look at it. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, yes. but how do we lose this curiosity at the point? Because at the point, we, we just lose this curiosity. We pursue things that are sometimes not in line with even what we really like to do, but sometimes what the society wants us to do, yes. or maybe what the situation wants us to do. How do we lose uh, this curiosity of, of, our, of our childhood age? Well, you know what? The thing about it is that I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a little example right here. When I was an art dealer, this is how, this is like the premise of actually how literally how I became a visual artist. So what would happen? I was an art dealer, and um, so I'm selling people's art and doing very very well. And what happened is that the industry started slowing down, so the artists start producing work. And I had an artistic mentor, so he said, "You know what? You said you know you should think about drawing." I said, "Why?" He said, "I said because the artists are not producing the artwork." And he said the reason why, because they don't have jobs. So therefore, they, they're struggling as far as trying to produce something to, to create this income. And what happened, he was explaining to me that he said when they was in high school, they had, you know, they, they was very artistic because they had a home and different things like that in place. So basically, it's like the curiosity. If you maintain that curiosity going to adulthood, then, you know, going to like in your career, it's like it's the curiosity of, of the artistic being that propel you to keep drawing, propel you to keep being creative. And what happens is that sometimes we lose that curiosity because we get caught up in different other things that prevent us from keeping that curiosity. That's why you have these different schools that say, you know what, we have these different foundations to give money to the artists, basically really so they can keep that curiosity going because they're not worrying about their living conditions or just trying to survive and exist and pay the bills in society. So therefore, if you can, if you can keep that artist with the curiosity, you know, by providing a different platform for them, they can keep going right there, you know? And I think that's what kind of kills the curiosity because it's like, I got to make a living as opposed to let me just be who I am, which is an artist. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's very interesting. And, and of course, there are some, some individuals who maybe might be really hard for them to sort of, to, to survive as an artist, no? Yes. Despite the fact that it's hard for them, they still remain there. Uh, uh, they still remain in their artistic work, continue to do it, you know? You, you can see that they actually act, they love what they are doing, but sometimes they don't have, um, they, they are not influential, that they don't have money maybe, but they love yes. what they are doing, we can see it in them. Yes, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think responsible for that, why they don't just want to do like every other person and make money instead of doing artistic things that maybe they are not able to uh, transform into money. Yes, yes, oh yes, as an artist, yes, that the whole thing is sometimes you have just the artist creating just to create, you know, and that passion is so powerful that they just want to create and they don't want to go to the other different realm as far as like, let me, let me create it really for it to be sold. So that, that stigmatism mentality can prevent them from even going further or flourishing their different career right there though, you know, so that's why it's very important for the artist 
to to start to learn that there's two sides that you should attach, you know, which I call the creativity and I call the business. And what happens is that there's such a big gap between that with, a, with an artist's mind is that the, the, the process that we're trying to do is to bring those things closer together. Because once you bring it closer together, then you be able to exist as a pure artist. You kind of exist and reignite your curiosity because now you have, you know, once you have your business straight and everything is working well, now you have that 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 platform and you have that foundation to be able to be the best you that you can be. That's great. All right, I'm moving towards the business uh, slightly. Um, now, you have the ability to be able to create. I'm, look, I'm looking at artists generally now. Yes. yes. Um, but you, you need to refine that ability you know, so that it can become great instead of yes. just work, but it becomes great work. So yes. tell me about that process. I mean, how do you refine your ability to create so that you can, be, you can become a great creator? Help me with that. Well, what you would do is, is basically that's something that creators already have because that's something that is it's time. They say you spend 10,000 hours, you, you become a genius, you know, very, you know, very good and become a genius at it. So what happens is that we don't really have too much, we don't, we don't have too much of a problem creating, you know, as far as becoming great at what we do, because we can take classes, we can just look deeper into it, we can just we can rehearse and practice more and more and more and kind of refine it. So that's what that is, because even the thing about, say, painting is that it's only about the perspective of the person look at it. They can look at a person like Basquiat, when you look at his work, it looks kind of childlike, but, you know, it's this communication that he has that's so powerful and it's been lasting so many different years right there. So what happened is, is that we have the creativity, so the refinement is not so much of a problem. I just think that the connection to the business, that becomes a challenge right there. But you know what? Sometimes we don't know how to do that or how to get there. So there's no immediate platform that says, okay, this is how you bring things together. This is how you create that lifestyle that you really want to have that combines both entities with the business and the creativity right there. So with that being said, that's how I went out and I started researching it, but I had to go through a, a plight of different struggles and pain and different things like that to get to where I need to get to. But that was a mission that I was on. And since I found the answer, and I think I found the golden nugget. Now I'm looking upon myself as to be a leader to be able to present this platform to help other creatives to get to the other side, which is that creativity in that business. And to give you a life example of a person who really have mastered this craftsmanship of business creativity is a billionaire. I don't know if anybody heard of this billionaire. His name is Tyler Perry, who was a, who was a movie mogul. And this guy has mastered, and he's a billionaire. He's doing very, very good with his studio in, in Atlanta that they have the whole production. So he does everything himself, you know, with the staff and everything. So he's very inspirational. You got Kanye West, who's a business and creative, and you have Jay-Z who has massive business and creativity. So there's examples that's out there besides everything else right there. Thank you, thank you so much for, for those uh, reference. They're very important for, for yes. the people in the community to understand that, yeah, you can be an artist, but you can be a great artist. That is a difference between the two. Yes. Uh, you can be an artist and uh, you can also learn how to monetize your artistic work. They are not Absolutely. the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Now, you, you tell me, when you realize that you love artistic work, you, like, you know how to create, you love creating, how did you transit from there to also being a business in the artistic work? That is very important. Yes, well, well, actually, it happened where it's like, remember I was telling you about the phase that I went through where I became an artist? 
So I became an artist and then I started painting and doing things and, and doing shows, doing like a lot of exhibitions. And I was having a lot of success as far as like exposure, as far as fame, as far as different things. But the thing that was hurting is that the bank account did not match the fame, which is so many cases, so many different scenarios and everything like that. And it wasn't about just making money because I, I had my splurge of making money. It was all about the consistency and having a platform, having a business structure to be able to be consistent and be more predictable. So it got to the point that I got so frustrated that what I actually started doing, I started looking for a mentor. I actually looked for a business mentor to help me to become more business oriented. So therefore I could have a more of a consistent business structure right there or even have a business structure. So I invested into a mentor and I did it for about two and a half. I still have the same mentor right now. And I studied for about two years before I actually came up with the platform to start to create a platform for business and creativity. For uh, maybe young artists in New York or in some other parts in, in the U.S. that you know of, uh, it could be in California, who, yes. uh, who do not yet find what you have found? What would you want to tell, What would you like to tell, uh, say to them? Basically, what I like to say to them is like I, I definitely because I, I work with artists from from uh, mostly from Atlanta, a lot of Atlanta, uh, literally all over the world, LA, and everything like that. So I kind of found like the same similar situation where is that there's a lot of platforms, but what about having a creative? What about having a university that's created by creative for creatives who understands the mindset of creatives? So that's the thing right there. And as I did more research, I wasn't finding a solution. I just saw fragments of different things. One of the person who inspires me is, is, is a CEO by the name of Dame, Damien Dash, Dame Dash, who actually was with, actually them and Jay-Z worked together, everything like that, as far as like with Rockefeller Records. So he's a person that really inspires me because he really understands business and creativity. And he says different things as far as like inspirational wise, why, where is that, you know, if you work your business mind and your creative mind, you can have a lot of, you know, a lot of different success and things like that. So I see, I see it to be around the country, but I never, I haven't seen anybody bring everything totally together. So that's, that's, that's what, that's where I'm at right now. As far as like, I had the presentation to show them what to do. All right. Now let's go back to the basis. What do you think an artist should know about business, about the business side of his artistic or his or her artistic work? What are the basics to know? Okay, the very first thing that I think is extremely important is what I call, I got a methodically called the three Ds, right? And the very first D is called distinction. And basically with distinction, the artist got to be able to make the distinction between the creative person with the creative mind and the business mind. So therefore, if you make the distinction between those two right there, you'd be able to, to become what I call a business creative. A person does business as a creative right there. So the very first thing I would say, distinction. The second thing is determining or deciding the type of lifestyle that you want to have. So you need to come up with a blueprint plan, almost like say a business plan or a vision of what you want to do. So once you understand what you want to do right there, it's a lot easier to attack it because with goal setting, you can break down, say, your year goal and break it down to your quarterly goal, break it down to your monthly goal, break it down to your weekly, even to the point of you actually having your daily goal right there, which is your eight-hour window or how many hours you work within a day right there. So you can see the progressing with checkpoints of how to achieve it. Then within that structure right there, then you say, you know what? I want to deploy what I call the third D is deployment. I want to deploy the actual tactics that's daily that can make this vision coming to fruition to make this vision come into life. 
So if you understand how to do those three, three different things, and then you go back and when you do, say, for example, you do your, your, your daily creativity, you should have your time set allowed for your business-wise. So therefore, if you have to get your LLC or you have to get all these different things to get funding for your business and then you start operating as a business with your advertising, everything like that. I've always said, just having advertisement is, having a business is more just having advertising. Because a lot of creators just think, you know what, I'm just going to advertise on IG or advertise on Facebook and get my clientele. And next thing you know, you're making money. But what happened? What is your structure? What is your predictability? Or you may get, you may get like grants and everything like that. So you give an artist grants and then they can be successful for a minute, but it can be just like a lottery winner. Whereas like they win, they win the money, have a lot of money, but they can go broke after a certain amount of years because it goes right back to the same people who understand the business. All right. You didn't make mention of Jay-Z and of course we can talk of uh, yeah, people like Rihanna or... Yes. Because many other artists stood up along with these guys, no? But these are just exceptional today. Yes, yes. What did they do that other people do not do? I mean... Because they are still among the community, you no. Know? Okay, I know. Okay, if you if you begin to make certain amount of money, there are certain limitations that you can um, that separate you from the average people. But uh, when Jay Z and the rest came out, they didn't have the influence that they have today. I'm trying to understand now this. Uh, if there is a, a kind of a mentality that is involved here, if there is uh, a kind of uh, mindset work that is involved here. And what can you share with us in this area so that people that are in the average today, they can aspire to become extraordinary tomorrow? Yes. Well, first of all, I think one thing, if you work, if you work on or acknowledge or understand your, your challenges or your struggles, and you work on those right there, I think that really helps out. So, for example, if you know that you need to have more business acumen or, or, or something in that nature right there, then I think that you should look at people you know, and evaluate different people because success leaves clues and look at the different things that they went through. You know, like for example, the story with, with Rockefeller with Jay-Z and Dame Dash and, and, and Biggs, the they, they trio when they created Rockefeller Records is that they decided to be their own business people. Whereas like, you know what, let's create our own our own label and it just exploded from there right there. So so we have to take upon ourselves to do our business that we need to do. And sometimes artists sometimes need to, need to hook up or connect with a business mentor or a business person to kind of bring that to reality, bring it kind of closer right there. So even though you can connect with the business person, I feel that if that creative person start to learn the business themselves, then they could be make, make, make better distinction of the people that they work with and kind of have like a checkpoint of like, okay, I need this thing done. I need the next thing done right there. And I think that once they start to do the right there, it can, they can become a successful, very successful. All right, now let's look back again at the community, the African diaspora community in this case, at the African-American, let's put it this way. Yes. Do you think enough uh, education is going around about the management of money, the generation of money? Because one thing is now to know how to create something as an artist, so maybe learn how to make music or paint or things like that. But if you don't understand how to transform this into money, the I, because money itself have a, so have a way of functioning. You know? If you know if you know how it functions, uh, whatever you do, you can transform it into money. You know. So yeah. help me understand this idea of money education or the idea about econ generation within the African diaspora community or within the Ameri the Af Af African American community. Yeah, help me understand that. 
Well, I, I, I still think the African-American community and, and African dysphoria across the whole floor of global, because where I think, I think global. I don't, I don't really think just America, I think global, because I think that the situation that we have, the different problems that we have, can be a global situation. So a creative struggling, where you at, a creative struggle where I'm at, is still the same thing. What's the common word? Struggle. You know what I'm saying? So if you empower one thing, you can empower the other thing. So the beautiful thing about the virtual world is that we have access to be able to communicate through like your beautiful podcasts or, or things that are nature right there to communicate to these different creatives, you know? And I think that's very important, but but they have to take the initiative to, to understand that, let me go to another level. Let me, let, me, let me see how I can investigate how to get this knowledge. And a lot of times there's so many gurus that's online that's in the virtual world that they don't know where to go, you know? So the thing that I think is advantageous work with me or to see in my program is the fact that or our program is the fact that we're creatives and we're creatives that's trying to help our creators. So it's creatives created by creators for creators to become more powerful. Yeah, that's good. We're going to have to help each other. That's why we are here. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now, uh, when you first started uh, today, 2022, do you see any difference? Yeah, oh, the, difference, the difference right now is I think, I think the opportunities is about. I think the opportunities are incredible. But you know what happens? Sometimes it can be information overload. There can be so much information, so many different things, what I call it a shiny object, where it's like so many shiny objects that you're chasing, chasing, chasing. And I think what happens, my philosophy, my philosophical approach would be, is like having doctors. So you may have your general doctor, then you have the different specialists. So therefore it's like, you can be, your general, your general doctor can kind of dictate which direction to go in. So therefore you can be well as a human, everything like that. So artistic wise is that I think the artists just need to find different ways, just need to find a, a, a different avenue as far as like, what can I do to help out my artistry? Because the whole thing is really to help out the artists to become the best artist they can be and provide a platform where it's like they feel more comfortable to say, you know what, I'm going to do this right here and, and not worry about the other different things that's going to distract. All right. Now, let's look at New York. This is where you are. Give us a little background of the the kind of business opportunity that is out there for artists who are creating content, because we sort of believe that there is a lot of uh, opportunity for content creator today. Of course, content creator will also include uh, as an artist or maybe producing music, painting. Yeah. As long as you are doing intellectual thing, uh, there are opportunity for you. So help us understand from the point of view of New Yorkers, what are the opportunities there? Well, first, first of all, the opportunities are great because there's so many, you have to understand, there's so many people come from other cultures that come to New York. And then what happened now, you have different places and different avenues that you meet with different people. So it's almost like the virtual world comes to reality in New York City. That's the best thing about it. So when you come across all these different types of creators and artists that's coming from so many different perspectives, it, it helps you to grow even quicker. So just being around in the in the room, what I call just being in the room with these creatives, you just your, your creativity is going to go to another level because you inside of it, and that's one thing that New York City brings. And a lot of people come to New York City because we're such a major hub as far as a culture, as far as communities, you know, with with the art scene and music scene. So you have to come to New York City to really get it there. Is it possible that maybe these artists that we're talking about today, uh, who are trying to emerge? From the from the water from the surface though yes, uh, yeah. can have some challenges do you think that they could have some challenges what are these challenges what what is what the challenges is, is actually knowing what to do 
you know, that, that some, sometimes, sometimes like what's the challenge of just, what's the first step should I take? You'd be like, okay, I'm an artist. Okay, I draw and everything like that. I paint or sing, whatever. It's like, what's the next step can I take even when it become more business oriented? So what I what I what I I actually have a campaign. We actually come, came with a campaign, and it's called "Smashing the Starving Artist Syndrome." And a whole concept of smashing the starving artist syndrome is basically to provide a platform with instructions of what an artist can do to begin the path of becoming more business minded. Right there. So we have that, and then with that particular campaign, we have different things: online courses and eBooks, business eBooks, and everything like that to kind of give them the, the knowledge, the foundational knowledge to go to the next step. So we're really trying to smash it. Obviously, you know, we, it, it was up to me. I, I, I For creatives, I just make everything free right there. But the whole thing is that we want to teach them how to monetize their skill set that they have right now. But I just think that an artist just needs to have direction that that's of someone who really understands them. And being a person who's a creative myself and myself being creatives, it's a lot easier for us to convey that message for them. All right. Now, for you being a creator yourself, what has been your challenges in your process, in your moment of growing up to where you are today? Well, the challenges, the challenges is with, with first at first just having the time to be able to do it because I was so worried about different other things. So that was a major challenge. So therefore, to combat that challenge, I had to become more business oriented because what happens like now, if I had to just work a lot of hours or whatever I'm trying to do this outside of my creativity, that allows less time for creativity. So my challenge was basically just having the, the time frame to be able to create and create comfortably in my environment. I understand that you work with different artists, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Ah, okay. So what do they complain to you as uh, some of the things that sort of uh, holding them back to why they are not where they are today? Because if, uh, if I'm a human being, I need something. If I don't already get what I want, it means that there's something stopping me between where I am and where I want to go. So what did they tell you that is stopping them from achieving what they want to achieve. It's it's basically it's financial struggles. That's that's one thing that that really resonate because this financial struggle. So th therefore, they kind of find themselves borrowing from Paul to pay Pam, and um, things like that, and it just repeat all over again, all over again because they're not being consistent enough. You know, we may have success in different ways, but the consistency is not there, or the predictability is not there. So the main thing is really just uh, financial that leads to so many different other situations that can lead to like not be able to pay their rent, uh, can lead to uh, losing relationships or, you know, people not believing them anymore. So that's like a major struggle right there that I find to be. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, say I am an artist no, in New York. So I understand that you have other art, you, you help other artists to achieve their dream. Uh, yeah. So I come to you. Uh, how would you start with me? What would you need to do with me in order to help me um, achieve my dream? I mean, what do you do for people? So basically what I do for people is basically provide a platform. And basically with that right there, it's like I would have an assessment. So they might see a webinar or they may see a presentation I may have that would pique their interest. And then when it piques their interest, then I would break down the methodology, what I call the 3Ds, which is the distinction, making a distinction between your business, your creative mind. Uh, the second thing would be, like I say, determining your vision, and then the third thing will actually be in to deploy the tactics. And then the last thing will actually be business funding to be able to get the funding to bring the business to life right there. So I have a program that breaks every single aspect down. So my platform basically begins with what I call the starving artist, smash and starving artist syndrome, 
which is a package right there that gives them the beginning structure right there, even the way how you set up your business properly to be able to get funding. Because the first thing we want to do is basically provide a platform and get their business foundation set up first. Don't even worry about the creativity. Worry about the foundation of your business first. Once you set up the business first, then you can add on the creativity at the time period. But you're basically just restructuring their mind frame to think business to catch up with their creativity by providing a platform. So I got that platform and then I have another platform called Business Creative University, which is BCU. And I have a, a program called Business Creatives Blueprint Masterclass. And that takes them through a 10 week process of actually going through each individual stage week by week. And that's bringing to pass right there. So that's the structure that I will come up with that I, that I actually uh, have them for them. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of material for those who want to help themselves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So in the beginning, when we started, when we started with this episode, you did make mention of um, dealing with uh, artwork, something like that. I don't know if you want to say anything more in those areas. Basically, what happened before I became a visual artist, I was an art dealer. So I was an art dealer selling other people's paintings as a mobile art dealer, doing festivals, uh, things like that, and doing shows, a lot of shows. So I was a mobile art dealer for years, and as a as a as a mobile art dealer, what I would do is I, would, I was a poet, so I would actually have do customized poetry to the artwork to make the artwork even more appealing to the general public. And then from there, I started doing theater, bringing art to life. I call it bringing art to life, where it's like we become the characters of the paintings and bring it to life right there. So mm. that became that. And then that point in time, then I actually became a visual artist and only selling my artwork right there. That's great. So you were doing this one only within New York because you were also maybe selling in other parts of the United States. Yes, yes. I was mainly in New York, but I would go across the country doing shows. So I'd be in Atlanta and, and, and New Orleans and, and different things like that. So it's like a, it's like a uh, almost like a chitlin circuit as far as like going to different shows and different things like that. So but the premises was was New York City and the premises that I got the foundation, everything that I'm doing, what I call a school of hard knocks was based out of New York City. So I got to see a lot of cultures that will come through. And I sold to a lot of different people from all out of state because like I said, everybody come to New York City, you wanna get a piece of New York City. And I was a premier person as far as selling New York City, selling the art and artistic creations, uh, 34th Street, 42nd Street, you know, things of that nature right there though. <laughs> so how easy was it? I mean, share a little bit of the experience with me. Was it like simple for you to do or was it, you said it's school of hard knock. <laughs> that is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell me a bit, a bit of the experience. It, it was a school of hard knocks because what <laughs> happened, yeah, I, I call it school of hard knocks or the Wharton School of Business because what happened is that, you you know, New York City is aggressive. So you got to, you got to do what you got to do. You got to hold down what you gotta, need to hold down. But what happened is that you got to realize that for example, if you sell other people's artwork as an art dealer, there may be a person close to you that's doing the same type of thing right there. So, so we came from the street environment, where it's like, you know, we had to make it happen outside. And then from being outside, you had to be more creative. So if you want to eat, it's like you have to sell your artwork. You have to sell whatever you have to sell. So I became so creative just being in that environment. And that's why I progressed so quickly as an artist, because... I was doing this daily, six days a week of making it happen, going through it for years. You know what I'm saying? So what happened is that you just be so aggressive to make it happen. So you create, 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 create to eat, to eat, to eat, to eat. You know, so um, that's that's where I come from. That's that's my environment. That's lovely. All right. Now, the selling that is I think is very important. No? Yes. Uh, in that 
if you uh, uh, have uh, content now, you have a product in your hands, uh, you are not selling, or, or you are not letting people know, because selling does it, is not just the moment of giving you the uh, exchanging it for money. A, a lot of things are involved in it. Of course, you you know this very well, no? because you are so you have sold a lot of artistic work, so you understand this. So I'm trying to understand uh, how you place the importance of knowing how to sell, knowing how to market what you do as an artist. How important is this for the success that you want to achieve as a, as an artist? Help me with that. Yes. Well, you you definitely need to sell as an artist. That's that's the one thing. You know, we live in a very competitive society, and you really need to sell. So therefore, that's why you go into the parts of understanding marketing and promotion. So a lot of my stuff that I do right now is online in marketing and promotions. You have to have your site set up. Uh, you have to have your Instagram, all your social media. And then you have to have that funnel system set up. So once you start to set up that funnel system and having that consistent message to your audience or the people that you want to have, it's a beautiful thing. The beautiful thing right now is that instead of you going to like, say the Art Basel or the, or the major events that's going on or the Sotheby's or everything like that, there is a way where you can get that same, you can market to that same clientele that will buy those Basquiat, that will buy those Andy Warhols or the different paintings right there. You can market directly to them. Once you start to market directly to them, they, you expose your artwork to them, then your, your, your form of success becomes even better. Then we start to work out the metrics and all the different things like that. It becomes a, a, a lot easier to kind of close into that client right there. So it's really understanding your client avatar. So it's like a whole system, understanding your client avatar system of who exactly that you want to sell to and then go with the marketing to sell directly to them. And we live in a society where it's like, that's something that can be accomplished, but to really make it towards your artwork. All right. Now, as an artist, I'm going to ask you this question. As an artist and also as a business person within the artistic world, do you think an, as a, an artist should just um, create something he or she want to create or should create something that the market deserve, the, uh, demand for? Well, well my, my whole thing is like, it's like um, if you get into the music, it's like, you know what? If the trend is this right here, if you be trendy, then once the trend is over, you're over with. So with the artist, that's why I look at as a long term, like what is your long term goal or say your North Star goal? So I may take a person who goes to my program and be like, you know, what do you really want to do? You know, what is your end goal? They'd be like, you know, what? I, I want to have a hot pain. That's OK. If you want a hot pain for the moment, but what is your end goal? So therefore, what we're going to do, what I call reverse psychology, we're going to go to the end. Then we go all the way back. So, for example, you say you're like, for example, my end goal is having museums namesake museums that educate the, the whole process of talking about from middle school all the way up to postgraduate people who graduate from college all the way through right there globally so i understand my end goal so therefore i can work backwards so when i work with an artist you may say you know what i want to have my own museum okay if that's what you want to have for your legacy you know therefore we start with that be your end goal then we work backwards so therefore if you create just a trendy product is that giving is that going to your end goal but if you, are you creating product that can be towards your end goal? Then that's where you want to be because you want to last. You don't want to just do it for the moment. You want to last and be endured. And if you want your legacy to be there when you leave, you got to go. You have to create artwork that's in your lane that you feel comfortable with. That's going to be along with your message. And what happened? You become the leader of what you do. The leader of what you do. That's great. Yes. All right. Now, you personally, what drives your creativity? Do you help us understand that? First of all, being an athlete, that's the first thing. When you are an athlete, you're competitive, you're, you're lying, you're tiger inside yourself. That's, you want to be the king of the mountain. That's what it is. So that competitive nature, 
of being an athlete is what drive because I believe in transferring one passion to the next passion. So for example, if I work out all the time and I'm very passionate about my working out, I take that passion and put it to my artistry, my creativity. And that's really my secret. So my secret is like, you know what? I know I was, a, I know I was an athlete. So I put that into, say, for example, I put that to dancing. And when I was a dancer, I did that right there. I took that pass and transferred to the next passions. So what I do, I just transfer one pass into the next pass to the next passion. So for example, when I was so passionate as a, as a creative, I said, what would happen if creatives became just as passionate about their business as with their creativity? They can become a Tyler Perry because what happened now, you can become so successful. So what happened is that a lot of times, what I would say to people, creativity is emotional. Business is not emotional and rational. And that's why there's a conflict because most times the business take advantage of the creative, the creative person or the artist. So now, therefore, if you educate yourself and you start to get with that business, combine your creativity, you become very, very powerful because now you don't really need that business or that business person so much because you got you have accumulated the knowledge and the wisdom and then you start to put the creativity with the business, uh, you, you on fire because now you're being created with the business and you just present all these different opportunities. So now you start to put that with your marketing because now you're not gonna be so scared, you're not gonna be so stale, you're gonna be creative, you're gonna be bright, you're gonna be like that, that rainbow or, or that yellow light or that sunshine within that marketing or whatever space that you're in. That's so lovely. <laughs> and when you are when you are that you are you are you are, you are on fire all the time, no? Yes, and yes. You are really on fire. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And 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 really, and the whole thing, and the thing I call like say your higher self and your lower self. So your higher self, when you feel like the best, you're feeling really good, you feel like upright, you're feeling very, very good. You got the lower self, you know, that you suffer and everything like that. So my process is like, what can we do to keep you on your higher self? You know what I'm saying? So it may be like, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't, I'm not in my physical condition I want to have right there. So I would create a program where it's like you would have, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, a process, you know, within the three Ds is like I call a business and creative exercise. And basically, say, for example, if you have two hours, you can take a notebook and you say, you know what? Every day, this is my daily log. And my creativity period, my, my, my period of creating business is two hours. So therefore, I'm going to take the first hour and a half to do what I love to do, create. I don't care what that is. It can be singing, dancing, painting, whatever it is, artistically, creatively, do that. And then the last half an hour, I'm going to work on strictly business, whereas I'm going to go to a different part of my house or a different part of the building where I'm at and just do strictly business. That may be like getting my LLC or get in my business check account, whatever it may be, strictly business that's, that, that push your business forward. You do that. So therefore you have a log of what you did and what you did with your business-wise and your creativity. And then if you're trying to get in shape or just trying to just transform to the next, the next level, you may do like a little exercise regimen in between. You say, you know what? I got two hours, the first hour and a half on doing creativity to transfer to the next part of my brain the next part of my activity, which is business, I'm going to do like, say, a little 10-minute exercise where I might do some setups, some push it up. So therefore, I'm doing physical stuff. Then I get to my, my, my next destination, which would be my business. I do the next one for like 20 minutes. And if you practice that right there for a certain amount of time, you begin to have your business and your creative mind kind of come together a little bit closer and closer and closer together. So therefore, you become that business creative. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for that. All right, now. How did you know that 
what you are doing now is what you were actually cut out for. Because, of course, we can see that you already you really have more than 100% passion for what you are doing. And this is actually the energy. So I'm not even going to ask you uh, what is the energy. I can see it there. But how did you know that this was actually what you wanted to do before you invested everything you are into it? Yes, because is is if if I if I could do something else, you know, and I have a, I have a diverse background, if I can do something else that can bring me the happiness and bring me the fulfillment, just bring me my legacy, I would do it. But that's not what it is. I know what I am. I know what my mission is because it's been placed upon me because I knew I had to go through that struggle. See, sometimes you look at people like, oh, this looks great or whatever. You may see a multimillionaire. Oh, this this is great. And they don't understand the struggle and the pain that they went through, you know. And then once you go through the struggle and the pain, then you say, you know what, I got to give back. You know, what can I do to give back? Because I understand and I can see it when I look at a creator's eyes, the, what they're going through, because I've been through that plot, you know. So it's like a movie, you know, and a movie begins, any good movie begins where you may be on top and then you fall all the way down, like Will <laughs> Smith or whatever. What are you going to do at that bottom? How are you going to come back up? But that beautiful story is that you begin to come back up because you went through that process. You know what I'm saying? So you become that expert. You have to go through the experience of being an expert. You know what I'm saying? So the thing about it, when you become that expert because you had that experience, now you can say these are the different levels that I went through. You know, these are the struggles that I've been through right there. So I understand. But now let's give you the platform. Let's give you the tools or the business tools to be able to overcome and be consistent. Because what happened, once we start empowering those creators, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So my philosophy is instead of waiting until they get older, they may work with people or work with the students that say middle school and just let them start to understand the business and the creativity. So they start to grow up as a business and creative. By the time they become adults, be like, oh, you know what? I'm not gonna just go to, I'm not gonna go to this gallery Whereas that they're gonna charge me 50% for the commission. What I'm gonna do, I'm about to buy the building next to the gallery and have my own gallery and have my own platform of ownership. So it's basically really about ownership. If you want something, you create your ownership. So for example, you may be like little girl who dance. I say, you know what you do dance? What I want you to do, why don't you become the choreographer? You get a double check. Then when you become a choreographer, you know how to become a choreographer, you're a dancer. Therefore, now why don't you get your own building, your own dance company by getting these different loans or whatever and learn business so you have your own entity. Then with that own entity, now you take that entity from one city, go to the next city, next city, global. So why can't you become the McDonald's of your of your craftsmanship? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm already imagining the, the students that are coming to you. How much they are going to be? They, they are going to be trees, no? <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 I I, I it's so funny. I, I have a, a prospective student that that I was telling about my program. And I broke everything down. I gave to the student everything like that, and they already have a coach. And they're like, wow, LeVon, I'm so baffled right now because you really understand. I said, but I said, you know what? I think I'm the best person for creative with this mentoring, coaching, everything with the space that I'm in only because I spent the hours. Talk about 10, don't only talk about 10,000 hours. Let's talk like 100,000 hours. I don't even talk about 10,000 hours. I've had a struggle and coming out of New York City, coming from 34th Street, which is my main, which is my, my main location of hustling and put everything together, it's like I had that passion. And once I release that passion, it's the same thing as if I'm creating. So my creativity and my passion is in instilling that, in, that information and knowledge and providing the platform. So, you know, you got some people have like a funnel system where it's like you go through the funnel, 
I have a funnel life system where it's like, okay, where you want to go? If you want that museum, this is the funnel system. You're going to start A, B, C, D, and F. You're going to get this funding. You go to the next, you're going to have your blueprint plan, and then you're going to have your SOPs. You're going to have all these different things. Whereas, like, even if you want to sell your company, because I sell businesses also, therefore, you can break, you can make it to sell it to go to the next level. So let's just keep rising. But the more people we can, it, the more people that we can put into that environment to do what they really want to do, they become better creatives and create better artwork and create better. It, and it's going to be better for society because they're going to be free. So I think that even though we have all these grants, I think that besides having grants, it should be grants and the business training acumen to be able to, to do what you need to do and keep going to the next level. All right. Now, I want you to share with me uh, a student of your, a case study, a client uh, who have come to you, who you have worked with. And because of your work, the person or the business have improved better and you are satisfied also as a coach, as, uh, as an instructor, as, um, as a teacher and as an artist. Let's share with anyone with me. Yes, yes. Okay. So I, I, have, one particular, I have one particular student that didn't have, um, they didn't, didn't have too many, didn't have their program kind of structured and set up right there though. So basically I have one program I call Business Program in a Box, where it's like I'll help them with the website, the logo, uh, the paid ebook, the free ebook, uh, the lead magnet, a whole structure of business tools to get everything started. So basically when they got that started and they did that, then it was like, you know what, the next step that they wanted to do, they actually wanted to start teaching course. So they went through another program where I'm teaching them how to speak confidently on camera and it's, and it's do the course creation. So now what they're doing is that by them doing all those different things, now they're beginning to start teaching other creators in their field. And that makes it feel so good because the whole point is not for you basically just to do what you got to do, but you to pass forward. You to do what you got to do and start teaching them. So that makes me, that's a part that I'm proud of. It's not about you doing, being financial. It's all about what can you do for your people and your environment and your community to just keep propelling this thing forward. Yes. All right. Now, we do appreciate your time. And um, as a guest here, we usually allow our guests to at least spend a few seconds to to promote themselves because we know how much uh, time is valuable for you so it might be maybe you have a course or maybe a video uh, a book or anything or even simply to just connect with people so spend these few seconds to do that go ahead yes yes okay so at the beginning we for the foundational thing we have uh, called smashing the starving artists smashing the starving artist syndrome campaign for 2022 and basically with that right there, you can always, I'm going to leave information. My website is laurencemurrayartist.com. It's also laurencemurrayllc.com, which is takes on the business parts right there. And also we have a new program, well, not a new program. We have a program which is Business Creatives Blueprint Masterclass. And you can go to business businesscreativesuniversity.com to look at the videos to see little videos and everything like that to give you more information about applying for that mentorship right there. So those are the main things that we have. But if you go to my website, LLC.com for the business, you go to Murray Artists for the artwork. Um, all social media is at Murray. So if you just Google Murray, you see a lot of things that we're doing. We got the Rumble channel. But um, for the beginning, for, for the actual creative, I would say smashing the starving artist syndrome campaign. That's the first step right there. And you want to go a little bit deeper. The masterclass that we got, Business Creative Blueprint Masterclass, we have that also. So let's go to businesscreativesuniversity.com. 
and I begin on the pathway. So you can always get in contact with us with that. That is very good. And let people now know that they can also find help in some of these places. Yes. All right. Now, um, how do artists actually make money from their creativity? Help us with that. Well, they make money for the creativity by, by the marketing and the promotion of their items right there. So a lot of times you can do like say digital products where you have your digital eBooks. That's one thing that's very simple and easy to do right there. So you may have like a lead e-magnet that you're giving them information that they can download for free. When they download for free, now you get the email address and you start to build up the email address and you start to do sequential emails introducing your product and what you do and the services or whatever you do right there that you can start to put together where it's like, you know what, I have this ebook on sale or I have these paintings on sale. And now the customer is, be, is being nurtured to be able to be accustomed to your actual product line. And then they start to support you, start to buy it right there. So you can do it across your, your different platform, your, your IG, your Facebook, but it's consistently putting your product line and your, and your marketing message out in front of them for them to be able to start buying your product line. All right. Now, uh, for some artists out there who have listened up to this point uh, with you, uh, they want to improve themselves. What would be your strategy so that your a kind of a recommendation for them in order for them to sort of improve in their earning from their creativity? What is your suggestion? Well, the first thing I would say, if you need, if you need to go immediately, I would say go to YouTube University. Go to YouTube and start looking up the different things pertaining to exactly what you want to have or what you want to accomplish because there's so many examples out there. So you say, you know what, I want to do goal setting or I want to set up my own business. Just go on YouTube and just look up information as far as like, what can I do? Or you can kind of plug into what we're doing because I give out a lot of free content as far as like information, as far as like different stuff that you can take right there that I give out for free. I got a free Rumble channel. So, you know, just get in contact with me look through my website and anything like that. And, and I can give you different sources as far as you need anything, just do something immediately, you know, but um, that's what it is. But the major thing that I tell people, what I call the first D, because my methodology of the three Ds, the first D is distinction, is to make the distinction between your creative and your business mind. I think once you begin with that right there, then I think that process becomes so much. What would be your last statement here? Because actually we talked about a lot of important things today, of course, from two different angles from creativity and business. And um, now, maybe that is something you wanted to say in line that I did ask you uh, to conclude the conversation. What would be, it can even be a message from you. Please go ahead and conclude it in your own way. Well, I would say one thing. Most creators are not good business people because they're not practicing uh, business operations correctly and everything like that. So my thing right there is to really to evaluate your artistry and your creativity that how you can connect it to the business and to make your life a lot more easier and better. So therefore you can accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. So really artistry meet business. That's what I want to say. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate our review Obehead podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead everyone for Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.